St. Martin of Tours comes to us in the fourth century, uh, Christianity had basically just become legal. And uh, it's funny, he probably had no idea of the intense theological fights that were happening at that time where uh, Christian communities were trying to figure out things like, did Jesus have two natures and one will? Or two wills and one nature? Did he have two of both? Was he, was he begotten? Or was he created? Right? And all these great theologians were arguing about it. And in fact, even like punching, yeah? At the first council, ecumenical council, there's two records of bishops going to the fisticuffs uh, with these uh, incredible, uh, deep, complex theological arguments. I don't know if Martin knew about any of that. What he did know is that one day while he was riding, he was a soldier, and soldiers were given cloaks, and cloaks were really important for a couple reasons to Roman soldiers. They identified your rank. And they tended to be, as best people could do back then, I guess we would say water resistant. And they were warm when you needed warm. Uh, it was cold. And he had his cloak on. And as Martin was going, he saw a poor half-naked man. Uh, and so he took his sword and he cut his cloak in half. And he wrapped the dude up in it and gave him some of his food. And... He knew that. Uh, two natures, one will, one nature, two wills, a partridge and a pear tree. I don't know, but there's a cold, hungry dude, and I got a means to take care of both. And when he went to bed that night, he said he, Jesus woke him up wearing his cloak and told Martin, that was me. Thank you. And when Martin woke up, his torn cloak was on his floor. And so he took that cloak and told people the story of it, and people wanted to touch it. You know, God wore this cloak, yeah? So what started to happen as a really fascinating and amazing note is that that cloak began to tour, in a sense, all over Europe. Uh, Martin, uh, yeah, go ahead, send it to France, send it to Germany, send it to Espana, whatever you want. I want everyone to see this miracle the Lord did. And people came. People came from all over. And it became such an item of import that they would literally build small buildings for it. Do you know about this? This is crazy. They would build these beautiful but small, ornate places so that when the, when the cape got there, they could put it in a place of honor and people could come into a beautiful place and look. The word for cape is capel, yeah? And that's where we get the word chapel. It became such a big phenomena that we started making chapels, places to put capes. All of this because a guy saw somebody cold and went, I can make that better. All this, because Martin saw a guy hungry and went, I got food. It's an amazing thing, what happens when you and I decide to do what's right. It's an amazing thing what happens when we realize that the most vulnerable people 
are not folks who are supposed to remind us of God, but are the way God is talking to us. Pope Gregory put it this way. He said, the next time you yell at God for not answering your prayers, he said, think about how many poor people you walked by and ignored. So today, I'm so grateful, of course, for St. Martin. Oh, and I don't know if I told you, they made him a bishop, right? And he did not want that. Bishops argue about two natures and one will. Uh, he wanted to be the guy who fed hungry people. But they made him a bishop despite his best efforts. In big shock, he was a great one. Not because he was a theologian, he wasn't. But because he was a saint. So today, thank you, Lord, for St. Martin. And thank you, Lord, truly, for our bishops who in the last few months, in a particular way, stood for the most vulnerable. And thank you, Lord, that we had the opportunity every day here at Holy Family, because of that food pantry, you can't imagine the good that does in people's lives. So we get to play our part. And it's not us doing the poor a favor. It's God showing us how to get to heaven. Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord.